All right, everyone. Welcome back to Movie Howl. My name is Joe. I am once again joined with my co-host Ryan to discuss yet another movie that we have both just been made aware of its existence. Uh, I was searching on Hulu just to see what was out there, find something for us to watch. I saw Tom Hiddleston uh, pop up on a movie called High Rise and watched the preview for it. Looked like it was going to be interesting and we went ahead and agreed to watch it. And now, here we are. I hope you enjoy it. Our review of High Rise. Yes. Very unusual movie. And we should maybe say, because according to the analytics, there seems to be at least one person who's listened to these. We are recording remotely this time. Because both of us have corona cases in our household. Yeah, we sure do. Luckily, it's not us, but uh, it is what it is. We're we're making do with the technology that we have. So, yep. You know, we'll we'll get on through it. Yep. Um. So I don't even really know where to start with this movie. When I saw that preview, you sent me. I did not know what to expect. It kind of looked. It really reminded me of Judge Dredd to start with. Yes, it has uh, the new, and I'm, he's referring to the new Judge Dredd, um, where it's everything takes place basically inside this high-rise apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a unique design for the building. They wanted to make that a certain aesthetic, I think. Uh, it's got a few actors that you're going to recognize. Obviously, I've mentioned Tom Hiddleston. Uh, it has... Uh, Jeremy Irons is in it. Luke Evans is in it. Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss is in it, and uh, James Purefoy were some of the biggest names that I recognized. Um, yeah, I recognized movie, a lot of faces. I actually forgot the, to to take the time to look up who people were. I was trying to figure out how we were going to do this remotely. No, that's, that's all right. A lot of uh, my day. There's a lot of characters in this. There's a lot of things going on in this movie. Um, definitely one of the heavier movies that we've seen. Uh, yeah. Not not a lot of lightheartedness to it. Gives um, Mosquito Coast a run for its money. It, it might really be heavier, actually. It, it, I think it would be heavier if it wasn't so absurd. <laughs> yes. Um, it's another Descent into Madness movie. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. For sure, without question this time. Like, Mosquito Coast was on the border of that, like, edging along that line. Uh, this movie dives into the deep end wholeheartedly with that concept. Um, there's, I think, the basic themes of this movie. It's trying to give a theme of rich versus poor, haves versus have-nots, which nothing new for storytelling. Um, that's been around as long as storytelling, I think, has been around. When we saw the preview, I felt it was going to go one of two ways because it looked really interesting. I like the idea of everything taking place in this apartment complex and watching these things happen in their lives. Uh, it could have been very interesting. It ended up being kind of nonsensical. Yeah, like I said, it was so it's just it's so bizarre. It's just so bizarre. It's not a long movie either. It was, I think, including the credits, a little bit less than two hours. 
but it took me, I think, all told, 14 hours to watch it. Because I started watching it last <laughs> night, and I just went... Like, I, I think I got maybe 10 or 15 minutes into it. I got to where he's eating the dog. And I was like, I don't think uh, I'm ready for oh, this tonight. The, and then I got a little <laughs> further than that. the very first scene. <laughs> yeah, I got a little bit further than that. And I was like, no, I'm not doing this tonight. And then, like I told you already, I watched it this morning. And it was just so... Yeah, it it's, was, it's, I had to keep rewinding kind of trippy. it. I had to like go back and turn on subtitles to understand what people said. It was really... Some of it was so hard to catch. And I will debut a new thing that I've been working on for you. But you might say that this movie would go to Mosquito Coast and say... You're the Diet Coke of evil. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> very nice. That's very nice. <laughs> um, Yeah, as far as, as, far as uh, you know, madness movies go, this one just wholeheartedly takes that concept Uh. The problem is, and I don't, I don't mind that. There's some movies that I'd like us to watch and review that are very good uh, uh, tellings of that kind of story. There's a lot of decisions that are made in this movie that are questionable. It starts out, Tom Hiddleston's character moves into this apartment complex. Um, I actually liked some of the classical music to set that up right after the first opening scene, and then it, which it shows at basically what happens at the end of the movie. It's the, one of those opening scenes, and then it goes three months earlier. It's a little bit tense because this movie's uh, very heavy on trying to produce tension for it, the things that are going on. Yeah, and it does do a good job at that too. It is not a relaxing movie. There was no point. It's, during which I was like really chill because I kind of knew where stuff was going. And most of the characters, when they first meet, it's a confrontation. I mean, none of them are just pleasant. The girl that lives upstairs drops a bottle of champagne and scares the shit out of Tom Hiddleston. Right. Who's sunbathing naked on his veranda, which you have people who live above you who can just like look down and they're like, what? That. One of the first of many really weird decisions of things that go on in this movie. I noticed a lot of really unusual choices. I'm reaching for my notebook. Because <laughs> I actually did take some notes on this one. Like, had to. There's so much stuff to talk about. It's, yeah, it's impossible not to take notes. But then it started to get a little bit ridiculous. So I had to kind of tone it down some. Um, yeah, so you've got sunbathing naked. Very unusual. Um, there's a scene where they're at a birthday party for one of the kids. Mm -hmm. Tom Hiddleston takes his upstairs neighbors, who he's kind of getting involved with, takes her son. And all of the kids leave with Wilder. The, uh, he's actually from a lower floor, but he's friends with some of the people in the higher floors, like Lang, the main character, Tom Hiddleston's character, mm -hmm. and his upstairs neighbor's kind of girlfriend. He takes all the kids down to the pool and they leave the cake behind. And Tom Hiddleston and that kid are still there. And the cake is left behind, too. And they cut it. Tom Hiddleston takes about a quarter of it mm -hmm. for his piece and then eats it with his hands. And the little kid yeah, does the basically the same thing. And then even walking like home from there, they're still eating 
or at least a kid still eating cake with his hands. I thought that was really unusual. A lot of the dialogue is really weird, especially in the first couple scenes. Just getting into a movie where it's supposed to be people, you know, people from different classes, especially Wilder, who's supposed to be lower class. He says, uh, he refers to the upstairs neighbor as stoic and perfectly breasted. He does indeed. He's they're trying to set him up to be a playboy, uh, kind of a, he's married his wife, uh, Helen, who played by Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss. Um, she is very, very pregnant, like ready to pop pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's just kind of this scumbaggish guy is how he's being, uh, being represented in the early parts of this movie. He also looks like a porn Um, star. The whole movie looks like it's kind of the seventies vision of what the future would be, except the cars, the cars all look purely seventies. They do. It's like I get this very 60s, 70s vibe. Yeah, there's a lot of reds, browns, there's wood paneling, things like that. It's and it he fits in perfectly because he looks like a 70s porn star. There's no way around it. He has these big like mutton chop things. He's got a big fuck off mustache. <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> he he almost plays a Gaston like character as he played in the remake of beauty and the beast oh my god that's where oh man i knew that look and him in particular mm-hmm. like i have seen him and he looked like this before i could not think of it Thank absolutely you. uh one of the things that you find out early that i i really thought was going to be a thing throughout the movie was the fact that lang uh lost his sister recently Mm-hmm. like it's it, this this moving into this apartment complex is a whole new like life direction for him. He's trying to you know start something new for himself. Is he also, he's putting it. He is. A, yeah, he wanted privacy. He thought that when he moved mm-hmm. into there, he would have more privacy. And they, yeah, Helen tells him, well, people usually don't care anything beyond like the floors above and below them. Mm-hmm. You know, so there is some privacy in that way, but. Like, everybody knows what's going on with you if they're right around you. You know, people are following him around. One of his first encounters, again, things being kind of aggressive, he's trying to throw some trash away. He's looking at the chute. He's reading the warning label, you know, don't stuff too much Mm -hmm. down here. And a guy comes out and tells him, you know, well, nappies clog it up. And he goes, well, I don't have any Ah. kids. And he goes, good, they pee in the pool. It's like, "Uh, thanks, I'll remember that. (laughs) Right? I I always forget that... uh, uh, the British call them nappies. Yeah. I'm all like, nappies? What the? Oh, okay, yeah, I get that now. Almost every encounter, you're correct, is there some form of aggression. Yeah, my it. my favorite encounter. So he comes into the, the building, and he's there for a reason. He's trying to change his life. He's trying to escape. He's I guess he's trying to find something. He, he tells the kid at one point that he never had a father or doesn't have a father, something like that. Or no. Yeah. Does they're he tell they're talking about it. They're at the at the party where where you talked about where they mm-hmm. sit down with the cake. Right mm-hmm. before they do that, this little boy who is uh, his upstairs neighbor Charlotte's son, um, they have this conversation because this kid asks him about his all his family is dead. Like, did you kill them? Okay, yeah, Which, I was trying to remember that was a weird, conversation. It's such, yeah, a strange conversation to have with a little kid. It is weird, but it from a weird little kid 
it didn't feel incorrect. Like, kids just can ask you some shit. And I thought a very interesting thing that uh, this kid asked him was, what's it like being the last one? Because he's like the last member of his family that's alive, and what's it like being the last one? Yeah. And that's when Tom sits down, or I'm sorry, Lang sits down and, you know, drinks the rest of the wine he has in his glass, and uh, they don't really talk about it after that. He just, Mm -hmm. you know, they go into the scene of cutting the cake. I think that's intermixed with uh, Wilder stomping down the halls and the stairs. Uh, well, he comes in dancing down. It, lo- he, it looks like a scene out of Joker, which ah, you okay. haven't seen. But yeah, the way he acts, the way he's kind of dancing around and parading those kids down into the pool. And all this is taking place. We keep getting ahead of ourselves. So really he's do. coming there looking for a new life. And he finds out that it's very clicky. You know, you're kind of. You know the people that live right around you, and they know everything about you. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely a social hierarchy. And there's unrest because of it. You know, and you see it. You see that people at the lower levels are living a very different kind of life. You know, it's nothing terrible, except you see the power goes out. And then the water stops working. And all these different issues keep coming up. You know, the rich people at the top of the building reserve the pool for a private party, even though they're not swimming in it. They're just kind of drinking around it. Right, they're just hanging out in the pool area. Yeah, and another unpleasant introduction that Lang has is the henchman of Jeremy Irons' character, Royal, the architect of the building. Mm -hmm. This guy just comes into the pool and says, are you the new doctor in the building? And he says, yes, yes I am, but I'm probably not the kind of doctor you need. The guy goes, Royal wants to see you, and just walks off. And so he's following him like, what? Who, what? who are you talking about? Yeah, that, that character's name was Simmons. Simmons. And it, it was interesting because they built him up to be this kind of henchman, I'll kick your ass to make you do what I want kind of character. Yes, and then there's a scene then, not too much longer after. Okay, so he anyway, he goes up to see Royal, <laughs> meets him. He walks out into what looks like an old-time English garden. There's like a cottage there. There are animals, horses. The wife is dressed in this very... Almost in a Victorian-type way. Yeah. Uh And he's saying, Ah, my wife's nostalgic. You know, I don't understand it. Why delve? That's the line that he says. I missed... That was one of the ones I had to rewind for. Like, what? What? But yeah, late, so yeah, he, you see that they have everything they want. They they have a horse on the 40th floor of this high-rise apartment building in the middle of this massive parking lot with other buildings going up around them. It's mm-hmm. so weird and so out of place in an area where they can't even supply power and water to the lower floors reliably. But there is, and I think the party that you were about to talk about with uh, Simmons is where I was going. Mm-hmm. Because Royal invites Lang to a party, and he shows yes, up in, this, in a suit. And first of all, let's let's go to the point to tell this is the second party already that he's been to. There was a first party where his neighbor, who dropped the bottle, she invites him. I'm having a party later, and so he kind of gets to know people. And in the beginning, as he's talking to Helen, um, he he acts like he's not very good at this. You know, mixing with people and putting yourself out there, getting to know new people when you don't know anybody else around. But at the end of, by the end of that party, 
apparently has drunk so much and is just everybody's just drinking and partying very 70s style he's like laying down on the floor and under that coffee table talking to wilder right just weird a lot of weird stuff happens in this movie that it, like that, it didn't. It didn't make sense for his character based on what he had just established. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, you could be that comfortable over at your buddy's house you'd known for a long time, and you're gonna. I'm just gonna lay down on your floor, and I'm gonna smoke some grass, and you know, because of that that whole style that they're trying to portray in this movie. Mm-hmm. But it didn't feel right in that moment, and then the party you're talking about where Royal invites him after he goes and sees this on the roof garden paradise thing. He's got. Yeah. Um, first of all, Royal's not even there. He invites him to this party. He's not involved, but it's kind of like a costume ball. It's like the party from Hocus Pocus. There you go. Fancy house party where they're all wearing Victorian clothes for whatever reason. I don't know. This might be a cultural thing. That was another thing I was wondering. This I think is an English movie and a lot of the actors are English. Like the majority mm-hmm. of them are English and I recognize them from other English movies. So I did wonder if there's a cultural thing. I did wonder if there's a cultural thing where it's acceptable to just be naked on your porch in England. I also wondered if there's, if that's just the thing that people do where they dress up in Victorian clothes like that. The clothes that you wear in certain situations fit your situation or the function of the thing you're doing. So like an actual but, farmer or whatever might wear boots and a wide-brimmed hat that have functions for you. But but I'm sure there's some reason for wearing the kind of clothes that they're wearing. And maybe there's just something I'm not getting. Yeah, like Royal invites him to this party. He's not even there. Lang shows up to the party. Just dress nice. Like you see him go to the grocery store beforehand, but it's a grocery store that's everything is inside this building. Yep. They have tennis courts, a pool, a place to play squash. Like there's certain things that they refer refer to. There's a gym. Um, and you just stay except for going to work. Like you're just in this building that that is your life. The way they are portraying this, it's almost being portrayed as if there almost isn't an outside world. Like, the outside world is kind of alien. Like, they're trying to separate it and build their own. Yeah, he he's at this party, and he gets uh, he gets kind of ragged on by uh, Royal's wife. Uh, mm-hmm. She kind of rags on him, a bunch of people laugh, and then... And even by uh, one of his this... medical students. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess a medical student, that's kind of how it's portrayed. Uh, it shows one scene... Where a couple scenes where he's in his own office. Uh, the first scene has this guy and he's doing some, he's autopsying this this cadaver's head. So he's yeah. cutting it open, he's taking the skin off of it. It's pretty, fairly gross. Yeah, I did make and, it to that scene too. And I was eating the first time I tried to watch this and I was like, well, one of these has to stop. And it was the movie. <laughs> yeah, that was not something I would have been happy <laughs> if I was eating during watching it. I'm, I will be in agreement there. Um, but yeah, this guy. Uh, kind of faints him and there's two other two girls there. They all look like students trying to learn what's going on from Dr. Lang. Yeah. Uh, and Monroe, the student, had been kind of arrogant before that. Mm-hmm. So, it, and yeah, like you're saying, he got he got some shit from 
the people at the party. And then this guy comes over. He's talking to one of the waiters who he recognizes. Like you're saying, everything's within the building. This guy who's working mm-hmm. there at the party is also from the building. And they've seen each other in the right, gym Right, he lives before. there. Yeah, they, they were on their rowing machines together. Yeah, and this guy comes over, kind of grabs Lang by the shoulder, says, oh, we need, like, takes the cigarette out of his mouth, puts it down, grabs a bottle of wine from him, says, we'll need that, and, like, guides him over to the elevator and then forcefully pushes him into the elevator. Oh, yeah, that's Simmons again. That's Royal's guy. Oh, I didn't even recognize him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Simmons is the one who walks up. But it was as he was talking to this waiter um, who talks about sometimes you have to swim against the river, uh, mm-hmm. you know, go against the flow. Uh, yeah. And it's there are certain small things in it when he's out on the roof and he's first meeting Royal. He, like, looks through... Um, this little cottage where Royal is working and he's drafting all this stuff. He's the architect, actual draft papers and things out. And he sees Royal's wife getting into an altercation with her maid, who you saw a little bit earlier trying to clean up. It looked like a spill on the carpet. Yeah. And it's one of the first introductions of the upper class, how they treat the lower class in the hierarchy of this building. And then that's why it's so great that in one of the next scenes, the lower floors are having this huge party. And Wilder is kind of mingling and he's looking around, kind of looking for his next mark, like what he's going to do now. And he sees some woman and he walks over and Simmons is there. And Simmons is like, she's spoken for or something like that, you know? And then they look at each other and he walks up to him and he's like, show me what you got. (laughs) And why? Yes. Simmons, Simmons kind of gets the shit beat out of him. Like Wilder hits him once and puts him down. And then he helps him back up and he goes, you know, next time put your, you know, use your fist. It's tradition. (laughs) Right. And then, then he clocks him again. And then, when he goes down the second time, he just gets on him and just starts beating him. And uh, some of his neighbors that are there, Charlotte being one, another gentleman who's there who you've seen uh, in a couple other scenes, they're just watching it like, well, we could intervene. They're, they're like, I don't know where the fuck that came from. <laughs> it would probably just be better to let them let him go, you know, let him have at it. Um, there was something I noticed that was the music in this movie. They really tried to do something with the music and it trying to set tones, trying to make you transition from one scene to another. Mm-hmm. And one of the really cool transitions that I thought happened were between the grocery scene and the him being at that fancy Victorian party scene. Uh, the lower levels were losing some light. Like they, the light, lights had started to flicker. It's the beginnings of us learning about this, the power problem. Uh, and there was like some techno kind of beat going on with the grocery store. And then it transitioned into, uh, this classical music playing, uh, at this party. And it was, it was clever and well done how that was done. So when this movie does do things that I thought were good, I at least wanted to try and and give it some credit. It's a very well shot movie. It's very interesting and creative, and you get the feeling that everything going on in it is purposeful. 
But some of it's so it weird, and I don't know if there's something I'm missing. Like, there's a scene very early on where I, I think it's on Lang's floor. I think it's the guy who's telling him about stuff clogging up the chute comes. It's just this quick, like, transition scene. They're about to transition to a party scene, and they show this guy kind of skating slash shuffling down the hall with, like, cloth tied to his feet. Yeah. Like he's dusting the floor with his feet. Yeah. Because it's like a linoleum or some sort of tile floor. It's not carpeted. And yeah, I wasn't sure if it was that. Is he just trying to clean as he goes down the hall? Or if it was just weird? Because there is some just weird crap that happens in this movie. Yeah, the very first time you see Royal's wife, she has a, like, Bo Peep shepherd's crook in her hand. Yes, and the first thing that he saw when he comes out onto that roof is, besides all the beautiful foliage and the the pathways, there's a goat or a lamb. It's a... It's a black sheep, I believe, is what they're trying to say. It's a black sheep. So I thought that was hmm. trying the the director trying to say something, um, maybe about Royal, about what was going on. I I really think this movie's trying to say some things, but I really don't think it conveys it well. I think it's trying it to say a lot. I think it's trying to be you know, a social commentary about how if you were to distill like all of the facets of society into one small thing it would kind of blow up and royal even says that there's a scene kind of late in the movie so the lower floors have started losing power there's a scene where lang is trying to like wash some blood off of his face because he was shaving Mm -hmm. and nicked himself and he can't get any water and things are just going bad and there have been fights i mean the scene where wilder takes the kids down to the pool Mm-hmm. They knock that one actress's dog into the pool, and Wilder ends up seeing it and just drowning it. And that's yeah, kind of like, first I, blood. I, I didn't understand what that was about. Like, why? I, I know he feels like he's trapped. Like, he wants to be on these higher floors, but it's already been established that he can't even afford to be where he is. Mm-hmm. And he's he's in this, he's like trying to be dad mode with, he's already got two kids with this other on the way. Um, you know, married. He also established in the beginning that he maybe wants to not be married to her. That he's trying to, you know, get with some other girls there. Oh, yeah. hey, well, he's trying to get with other girls, but he does make a comment again late in the movie that his wife shouldn't leave him alone. Mm-hmm. That he need like he needs her to settle him and help him find his equilibrium. I think is what he says. Um, and. And the thing you talked about with the power, that's one of the things that really bugged me about this whole movie is because that doesn't make sense. Why the top floors would have it. And the other is have it struggling to have this power. Like, that doesn't make sense as far as how cities work. <laughs> <laughs> like That is true. I mean, I've never had a power outage at home where the power worked in my bathroom but not my kitchen. <laughs> Unless it's, you know, a circuit breaker issue. Yeah. But it, that, that was never really explained. Um, but Royal does talk about it as the architect. He talks about it being, uh, uh, the, the building is settling. You know, it's it's like it's uh, growing pain. Yeah, for he the said it's, a chi- it's teething. It's, you know, he teething. keeps talking about it in human terms like it's a child. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, it the the building they're in. At one point, you see he talks about this series of buildings is going to be like a hand. If you were trying to hold something kind of large in your hand, and how that would be in the palm and the thumb and the fingers would be rising up around whatever that item is. That's kind of how it would look. Yeah. And, you know, the buildings being the fingers, there's going to be a big lake in the middle. This is his big plan for this uh, entire enterprise that he's trying to put together. But their building looks complete. Like, it's wired. Like, it's, it's done. And yet, this power thing that's going on, that it's one of the driving forces... Uh, that causes the major issues later on in this movie, but you have no idea why it's happening. And I thought that was kind of lame. Yeah. You also have no idea what time this is, what year they absolutely kind of, I mean, it's, it's very seventies, like we said, in terms of the aesthetic, but it's very modern in terms of the design. Mm -hmm. So, it's it's difficult to pin down. There's also no real modern technology. Even the cameras. Right, there's no cell phones, the yeah. cameras and stuff. It all looks like 70s, te- late 60s, 70s technology. Yeah. The cars, everything. They they don't show anything. The telephones, it's all it's all old school stuff. So you have to assume that this was some sort of set like a set piece for the 70s. Again, it's taking me back to the Joker. In the beginning of that mm-hmm. movie, they're talking about New York's having all this crime and all these terrible things are happening. And one of them is, you know, they're talking about like super rats on the news and trash being piled up. And that's a thing that you see all over the movies, trash piled up. And it reminded me of this because there is, the, you know, it starts to get to a point where the the trash shoots are clogged. There's garbage all over the hallways. There are fires. People are scavenging for stuff. People are eating dog food. Um, right. As this as this continues to go on, um, and they don't really give, except for the very beginning, and it says three months later. Like, from the time, there's there are certain things that happen in this, and one of the things that causes Lang to descend into madness as everything is going on in this apartment complex. Because as you said, yeah, it starts to get bad. Like trash everywhere, fires, there's like riots and people going crazy. But at the same time that these things are happening, there's also lavish parties that are going on upstairs. Yeah, the rich people are having eyes wide shut parties, literally. Yeah, like there's they threw in a bunch of this nakedness and sex and ridiculous things yeah there's a point where lang is just leaving his apartment and he walks down the hall and they're projecting on the wall footage of he he walks in and steel is there the orthodontist mm-hmm. who's one of the more aggressive people to him at first and then later on they kind of are like well we're on the same floor so we're in this together like i'm yeah. gonna trust you because you're on my floor and you know lang walks in there's a video of cosgrove having sex with Steele's wife being projected on the wall of this very room. early on in the movie. Yeah. Cause he was hanging out with her. He's kind of dancing with her. And then they were kind of dancing mm-hmm. their way off into the bathroom while he had a camera in his hand. It was really weird. It looked like it reminded me of breaking bad. 
There are scenes in that show where he's like purposely acting goofy, but Brian Cranston is so aware of how goofy he looks in certain situations that it just he makes it work so well, and that's what this guy <laughs> looks like. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of scenes of people dancing very slowly to this music in several different scenes throughout this movie. As I said, the music, they really try to do something with the music. And sometimes it's done very well. But some of these other scenes where they're just slow dancing when uh, Monroe, I believe you said. Mm -hmm. He was the one who it was. He commits suicide during this movie. Spoilers. He does, yeah, Sorry. because of a sort of prank that Lang pulls on him, which I thought was going to have right. a huge impact on Lang. It kind of, it seems to make him become withdrawn for at least a couple movie minutes. There's a scene after Monroe kills himself, and it's a montage of the parties, the rioting, and Lang just going crazy. Like... He's going crazy to he he gets into a fight in the grocery store, which looks like it's been looted. Um, there's three of the main, you could say, villain characters as far as the upper class people are concerned. Uh, mm -hmm. James Purefoy's character is one of those. Uh, Pangborn, I believe, him and Simmons and I think Cosgrove. I think so. Uh, that they, they go into the grocery store to stir up trouble and to try and get stuff for a more lavish party than the lower class can throw because yes. they can't be outdone. Yes. And um, that's, but that's another one of these crazy things with this movie. It, you know, Lang is just trying to do his own thing. The only thing that's really bothering him is being put down by these upper class people. And Monroe is one of them. Monroe's family lives on the 39th floor, you know, just below the right. architect himself. And he's mm -hmm. talking about how Monroe needs to be taken down a notch. So Monroe had like a CAT scan when he fell. And right. Lang they made tells him, him get a scan. Yeah. Lang tells him that they found something. He never says what. They have these like couple awkward cuts back and forth where they're just looking at each other like, oh, well, I mean. Yeah. And then Monroe's like, oh, my God, my father's going to be pissed about this, which is a weird. Right. Response. He's not going to like it. Like he says a couple things, but Lang says nothing during that whole time. I'm assuming that in the original draft, he probably did, and they just cut it out there. Like, let's just make this weirder. They succeeded. <laughs> but as as Lang is devolving into madness, he he gets into a fight in this grocery store that's been looted. There's fires burning. People are kind of losing their minds. And he gets into a fight with somebody over a can of paint. So he can go back to his apartment and... Like, just wickedly and kind of eerily paint his apartment the way you might think a crazy person would do it. Well, there was a lot of weirdness with Lang the whole time. Because yeah. in the first few scenes, he goes into his apartment and he's sitting on the floor smoking a cigarette. And he's standing up and he's like got his whole body pressed against this one pillar. And he's like running his hands down it. And he's just... He's like... It's as though he's trying to achieve something by being in physical contact with his new home. And it's that, but like a psycho level energy where he comes home with that can of paint. Because the whole time that it's devolving, you know, the lower floors 
are saying, we pay the same share as everybody else. We want our same share of the power and the water. We want our stuff to work. You know, we're Which not second isn't class unreasonable. Citizens. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's totally reasonable. And then for some reason, the upper class are wanting to compete in terms of parties because the lower class, like when their power goes out, they light all these candles and they're doing drugs and drinking and they're all out in the hallways. They're just having this yeah, massive party and they're the upper class. There's are saying, nothing well, else to do. Yeah, the upper class are saying, well, we're going to outdo them. And the whole time, Lang is just kind of trying to do his own thing. He's just trying to continue on as though life is still normal. He's still going to the gym. He's using his rowing machine, even though there's like no other equipment there. Some of the upper class people are still coming there. They're they're not even changing into gym clothes anymore. None of them. They just kind of come. They just mess with whatever's still left. Yeah, they're they're picking up stuff. It's the three guys who were going to the grocery store to mm-hmm. get what they want, and it's really. Everything, some of the decisions that are made in this, as I said, are really weird. And I was failing to understand why the things were happening like they were happening. Well, it's so so treated the world this movie is involved in as if only everything was going on in this building. There was nothing going on in the outside world. There's one one cop that shows up. Yeah. There, nobody shows up when Monroe kills himself, but one cop shows up, comes to the door, is like, "Oh, Mister Royal, everything yeah, okay?" Mr. Royal looks pretty messed up in there. Down at ground level, and he, he kind of like it. It was very reminiscent, almost, of the scene in the original John Wick movie where they go to kill yes. John, and he kills all of them, and then the cop shows up. It's like, "Hey, John." He's oh, like, hey, you're working again? Yeah. No, I just had to settle some stuff. Okay. Well, have a nice night. Yeah. It, it was and, very and reminiscent it's even, of that. Like, it's really blatant, too. He's like, oh, it's a mess in there. And Jeremy Irons looks at him, and he's like, nothing that couldn't be swept under the rug. And kind of gives him this, like, mm-hmm, <laughs> look. But, I mean, the difference being the outside of the building looked like garbage, too. Yeah, all the cars were torn apart. Engines were removed. You know, the few cars that were left anyway. Whereas before everything was was all orderly. One or two that were on fire. Like there's trash bags everywhere. Like people are just throwing them off the building. It. it Side note, that that was another thing I noticed in this movie. Is they're constantly throwing stuff off the building. Lang takes a sip of cup, like a sip of his coffee, is like ugh, and tosses it off the building. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of lighting cigarettes. Taking one puff and throwing the whole cigarette off. Yep. That that was something that kind of bothered me. It's like, that just seems so wasteful. I just and don't like, see somebody what, doing that. Like, these people are constantly smoking. Why are they thro- Why are they lighting a cigarette? Like, they'll smoke a whole cigarette, put that one out, get another one, light it, take one puff, and then throw that one away. And then in the next scene, they're doing it again. That was, it was very 70s of this movie in the fact that, like, everybody was smoked. You mm-hmm. saw ashtrays overflowing all the time. There's even a scene where Cosgrove is sitting on the couch in Royal's apartment, and he's got one bounced on his belly. He's just sitting there on the mm-hmm. couch smoking a cigarette with an ashtray on his belly. Yep. And, yeah, yeah so it, it gets to a point where it's everything is devolved so badly that they're now, like, kidnapping women because their staff are no longer coming to work because they're not paying them anymore. And the right. Royal's wife even makes this comment like 
oh, poor people are just, all they care about is money. How dare her maid expect her to actually get paid what she's owed? Oh, how dare she expect me to pay her? Poor people, all they're concerned about is money. Yep. Like, what? <laughs> it, yeah. The, the disconnect was, I mean, I got that. I understood what they were trying to do with that. But the way this movie went about it, I, I just didn't like. Yeah, and if anybody, like, if anybody is listening at this point and thinks we're just crazy, we're all over the place, that's what this movie is. If you've seen it, you know, and you're probably right there with us. If you haven't, yeah. you probably don't buy that it could be as weird as we're saying. There was a point where it's just this shot where they're looking down a hallway and there's a bunch of trash and then there's a TV turned at an angle. And Cosgrove is on it, and he's saying, what are you doing? Over and over. Like, he says it a couple times. He's like, what do you do mm-hmm. when I'm not home? What do you do when I'm at work? And it's so surreal. Because, like you're saying, they kind of ignore the presence of an outside world. And his job is supposed to, unless... Well, no, I was going to say, unless his job is to be a TV person for the building only, but he leaves the building. Mm, yeah. There's a point where he's even taken... By the people on the lower floors because he had sex with Steele's wife. And, and and because of who he was as the elite of the elite. True. But I think the the final straw that broke the camel's back as it was, yes, having, you know, relations with one of the lower people's uh wives. But so much went on in this. It was there's this actress character who is one of the elite ends up being a very good friend of Royal's wife. That was a very, ended up being a very weird dynamic. Uh, They're in the grocery store. Uh, Royal's wife and this actress later on when it's being looted. And then for some reason, Royal, uh, the actress lady isn't there anymore, but Royal's wife still is. And she's being, she's being accosted by, I guess the poor people in there. And it, and, uh, Royal has to go and save her. Yeah. And that's... I, I watched this movie twice and I didn't actually catch this the first time, but he goes and saves her. And then they go back up to his apartment where the party was just this hedonistic. There's people, naked people everywhere. There's people having, and it's not just at certain parties. Like there's just other times in the movie at the store being looted. Part of it. There's just people having sex. Yep. Yeah. They, because like, you were starting to say before, there's the scene where the three really rich people go in and they have this confrontation with Wilder, who's there with his camera crew, because he wants to make a documentary about how things are in this building. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the camera comes from that the cashier is using later in the movie. See, that confrontation happens. Wilder runs into those guys. Those guys beat him up and throw him out of the building. But you don't really see what happens to the other guys. The one who is holding some of the gear ends up tied up in Royal's apartment for a while. You you see him pop up a few times, but you don't really know what happens to him. And then way later on, they're asking where Royal's wife is. And that's when he goes to find her. And she's still down there. She's still in that grocery store. And they're using that camera gear that was down there filming her, like making her dance and do all this stuff. And Royal comes in, he's old and he's limping, he explains that he's been in a car accident, and he just starts swinging that cane, he's like, this is enough, mm-hmm. you know. And he and, grabs her. And he and... saves her. But 
when they go back up to his apartment, I thought it was because she made mention that he hadn't touched her in six or more months or whatever, that he made mention of them not having much of a sexual relationship, and that they, they go back up after he saved her. I thought he was having sex with her, his wife, because he just saved her life from these looters and rioters. No. He was having sex with the actress while his wife held her hand. And it was just <laughs> super weird. The things that they did in this movie. Like, you just had us watch uh, Dorian Gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not for the and, show, just for grins. Yeah, just for us to watch. And one of the things that was in that, kind of like this movie, um, a lot of sex and things that happened that dealt with sex. But I felt the difference between that movie and this movie. It made sense in that movie. Yeah, you're seeing Dorian go down a dark path. He right. is at a point where his whole existence is just to seek out experiences and sensations. And that's what it's showing. It's showing these bizarre things that he's doing. This, it's just because, like, hey, it's us. And this is what we do. Right. And they just threw so much of it in that I, 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 it was a little over the top for me. I thought it was a little much and did not add. I didn't feel it added anything to the story that I was watching. It made me more uh, uncomfortable. How random it is and how violent it can mm -hmm. be was very, very off-putting. And I mean, it added to the whole air of the movie being so bizarre and so uncomfortable. I mean, like you said, it, it's a movie that kind of, it seems to do it on purpose. It's trying to make you uncomfortable and put you on edge. Yeah, there were some other things, and I don't want to get into exactly how it ended and the you know total things that uh, how it finished up in this movie, but there were a lot of things that happened that were just thrown in almost for shock value, you could say. Yeah, uh, there's, there's even a, there's a birth that takes place in an unexpected spot. Doesn't yeah, I didn't really... understand the they they that was Helen Wilder's wife who was super pregnant. Um, they took her for some reason. I I didn't. I mean, I I know they were trying to stop Wilder. Like they saw him as a major problem, and were trying to have Lang lobotomize him at one point. They sit around in Royal's apartment talking about this and what to do about these people, and oh well, we can. We can have Lang do this. And apparently, they'd already talked to Lang about it, because there's a scene later where he sits down with Wilder after Wilder has kind of lost his mind and done some messed up stuff. And they have a conversation about it. Yeah, and, and Lang... then he hands him some piece of paper, and Wilder goes off, and I don't think we see him. No, we do see him at the very, very end, but I don't think we see him in the meantime. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of little things as he's getting to where he's going. Uh, it's, as I said, I know what they were trying to do with this movie. I don't like how they got you there. Um, I didn't enjoy the story a whole lot. It reminded me of an anime. It, I don't know if I said that already. I don't think so. But it really reminded me of an anime. There are some animes, like uh, there's one called Big O. I don't know if you ever saw that. Mm -mm. It was on 
I don't know, 15 years ago, something like that. And, you know, on like Adult Swim at night or something like that on Cartoon Network. And I would see it and I, I started watching it because it had an interesting premise. The premise was one day all these people, like everybody in the world woke up and they had no memory of anything that had happened before that. The entire world. And this is 40 years past that. And you're following this guy who's basically, you know, he's around 40-ish. So he was born right around this time. And they're kind of discovering things about the way the world used to be. And there are these, like, giant robot, almost like Gundams, but more steampunky. They're, like, okay. androids and robots and these these artifacts from the old world. And then it got to a point where stuff just happened. You know, they go into a house and there's a guy who's like all wrapped up in bandages writing and he's got newspapers piled everywhere. And then there's a random shot of this and a random shot of a drop of water going into a pond. And then a random shot of this girl who has light shooting out of her for no reason. And it's just none of it made any sense. And it got to be where it was like that. And that's when I stopped watching that show. <laughs> and this reminded sense, me a lot of that. This was the live yeah, action it- version of they had just have this weird shot of people walking in a particular way or they even have this scene where in the beginning of the movie lang lays down after that party and he's having a dream where he's just walking down the hall dancing with stewardesses like airline stewardesses they just throw a lot of stuff in there that's i'll just say was that a dream i assumed it was a dream because it started when he laid down and it stopped when he got up okay I, I thought it was them trying to establish him living a lifestyle in this building of trying to be a playboy. I kind of thought be. it was that. It was just a, a jump of time. like. And then here he is waking he, up from another party. He goes party. to sleep. This is him partying some more. Goes back to sleep. Um, there was a lot of scenes, I think four or more scenes of him in the shower. Mm. Like a, a, a lot of that. Um, that Okay, it's just thrown in for I don't know what reason. They just threw stuff into here that I didn't. I didn't understand the decision behind it. Like, why are these people making these decisions? How come this building is rioting over this power issue? Like, how long have they been out of power? They refer to it at some point in the movie. That, oh, after two, three days max, we'll have power back. And it feels like in that time frame that they're talking, in that two to three days, is that's how fast it devolved from normal everyday living in this building to trash everywhere, fires burning, people rioting. Maybe that's supposed to be one of the points that they're making is how quickly things can go wrong when you just remove one piece the one character, the the guy who is kind of the assistant to Wilder, who gets kidnapped and shows up in Royal's apartment, that guy mm-hmm. in one of the scenes says that he's a psychologist, I think. And he's talking about, I think it's him, talking about how we're all really robots and we're dependent on the equipment we surround ourselves with. Yeah, I wrote that down. He called, he called us bio-robots and we can't live without our cars, our phones, our TVs, these things. There's, at the very end of the movie, um, there's this... They play this quote by Margaret Thatcher that talks about capitalism. And this movie, I felt the director was really trying to convey certain things. They were really trying to get 
a message across. And I think they could have done it in... There's movies that do, you know, dystopian futures and ways people live where there's a message behind it and it's done really well. We've talked about it at least once or twice on other podcasts where we refer to the movie Equilibrium, which has kind of that uh, dystopian future and how they're how they're dealing with that, how the story is. But that was so much more well done. I understood why people were making the choices they were making. This almost reminded me of when I saw Natural Born Killers way, way back when it came out because I was too young to understand lots of the things that were going on in that. There was a lot of drug usage and like acid trips and things, you know, that psychedelic things going on and the way the colors were. And I'm just watching it like, oh, my God, I don't have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> and I felt like that in this movie a bunch. Like, yeah. What are what is going on right now? There's a lot in it that could have been done differently. But I think there's a point to the fact that Lang ends up liking it. Like, he wants to stay there. He's excited that the building next to them that is also completed will eventually be like this. He says at the end, there's another building. There's a second building. And it will eventually be like this one. And he's mm -hmm. excited to welcome them to their world. And yeah, there, yeah it's so weird point. to imagine that there's people like, I don't know, what, 50 meters away from them? Mm-hmm. In another building that are living probably a totally normal life. Maybe wondering, like, what happened to the parking lot down here? <laughs> right? Like, if they look out and see what's going on over there, like, what the hell's going on with that building? Yeah. There's a, a point later on in the movie where Lang is having a conversation with Royal. And he's, so you, you settled in? Yeah, like, I, I wrote that down, too. They have this conversation, like, everything is normal. Like, they're totally detached from it. Lang gets up right, and makes this little speech when he asks, are you settled in? How do you like it here? And he's talking about how he feels essentially like part of a larger organism. Yeah, they're eating horse meat by candlelight because they had to kill his wife's horse for food because there is no food. And so everything at this point has gone wrong. Like it is, we are at the height of chaos and he's just like, so have you settled in? How's how's everything going? What do you what do you think of my building? Is it is it good? What do you think? There are so many other moments in this that could have been a movie on their own. Like Wilder deserves his own movie. Because we don't know where he came from. We don't know why they are the way they are. We don't really understand his goals except that he wants to get ahead. You know, and Cosgrove is higher up than him. They both work in TV and Cosgrove tells mm -hmm. him after the pool incident, like, you're never working in TV again. You know, and... We don't know what happened to Lang's family. We don't know what happened to his sister. We don't really know what his issue is, except he never has felt a part of anything. There's this point at which Wilder's wife, Helen, comes to his apartment, and he, this is right after his painting episode, where yes. he just goes like animal from the Muppets and paints everything and freaks out. And he's got paint all over his body, all over his clothes, all over his face. He's kind of got the... It's like the guy from the music video for somebody that I used to know, where he's got paint all over him. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me of that aesthetic a little bit. I get that. 
it shows them kind of talking. He, he brings her in. He goes, oh, hey, I want, what do you think of this tone? I think I finally found the right tone for the apartment. And he goes down the hall and he's showing her something. And you can't see exactly what they're looking at. And then later on, you see that they are having sex, standing up in the kitchen. Then later on, I think they're laying in bed. And then later on after that, they're like dancing, like slow dancing together in his living room. And she looks super happy. And then again, later on, they're kind of reclining together and relaxing and talking. And he makes this comment, like, just the way I am right now, I'm truly happy. And I don't think I've ever been this way before. Yeah. I want a movie about what that was. What happened during that scene? What did he say to her? How did they go from, you know, hey, come into my apartment, ignore the fact that I look scary, ignore the fact that it looks like a tornado blew through here. And, uh... Hey, can you lean over the counter and grab me that? Like, what? I just don't right, understand was, how it happened. <laughs> this was after she has gone, like, to the lower level by the pool somewhere and dropped off her two children with some babysitter people who have all the... There's a bunch of wives and women down there who are watching these kids. Yeah, it's kind of like a sanctuary. She, like, right. She she tells her, his, her daughter, watch out for your brother. And she looks at him with one of the... My favorite lines of actually the movie was why you made them. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's such a there. I really like that a lot because so many parents, I think, do that. They rely on older siblings to parent their younger siblings. And that's not their job. My <laughs> oldest daughter's job isn't to parent her sister and brother. That's my job. That's not her job. And I really, I did appreciate that they said that in this movie. Yeah. Uh, it was at least one of the good things that I could, I can point to. I did like Tom Hiddleston's performance in this. I liked Luke Evans' performance in this. All the performances uh, Jeremy, were great. They were. For, I really do think they, pretty much everybody in this movie was excellent. Even the kid, the Toby, even he was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Her son was an interesting character in this and everybody really kind of nailed what they were going for in it. I just don't know if I liked what they were going for. Yeah. But everything in the movie was so weird. All, nothing. I mean, okay. I read the line earlier about the perfect, uh, breasted, right? The mm -hmm. next line yeah, yeah. from that guy was, you know, I dearly like to get in between those thighs of yours. One of these days. Yes, it Who was speaks like that. Nobody. I would not have been surprised at all if he had gone to like one of those eyes wide shut parties with the rich people. It was like, how's it going? And they were like, there really is nothing like a shorn scrotum. It's breathtaking. I suggest you try it. <laughs> <laughs> breathtaking. D nothing makes sense. They just do stuff to do it. They do it to be shocking. Even one of his first conversations playing shot, playing uh, squash with Royal. Royal mm -hmm. busts out some stuff, and there's this moment of animosity between them. Yeah, Royal said something. It was right after he kind of got together with Charlotte. Yeah, and, and he makes Royal a comment starts, about her. A thing that he, we can't he say. That, oh, you're, you're screwing 347 or something, like just a number versus an actual person. And he got kind of upset with that. There was, there was a back-and-forth exchange with them that started kind of an interesting conversation about what was going on there and, and how Royal saw the things that were going on. 
I expected Royal as the movie went on to care more about what was happening to his building. But I felt like he ended up being just like all the other elite people of the building. And they really saw it as an us versus them mentality. I think it just didn't make sense to me. I think the rich people saw it as us versus them, where he kind of saw it as it's me versus everybody. This is just my experiment. Because he does have moments where he seems to care about what's going on. But then, particularly in that scene where he's talking to Lang, they're eating the horse meat. He's talking about, like, I think I know what went wrong with my experiment. I thought I left elements of the outer world out, but maybe I put too many elements in. And the failure of this is informative or however he goes into it but he's basically saying like this building and this sort of society falling apart is informative and interesting yeah he's not viewing it as something that actually affects real people's lives it's it is and it's an experiment to be studied and you know researched yeah. like this is hmm and the like way maybe other maybe other builders of architects of buildings can look at this and learn from what we have done here. And even the way he walks into certain places and starts swinging his cane around. It's like he doesn't expect anything to happen to him. Do you know what I mean? Did you notice that? Yeah. When he goes into the yeah, grocery the store, there are some other parts too where he just goes in swinging. And it doesn't even occur to him that he's in danger. Or it doesn't seem to. Yeah, a scene uh, later on in the movie that involves him that I don't want to get into too much detail over, but the way that scene ended up playing out for all the characters involved, I thought was really weird. It was like, oh, oh that's how this is going to play out? Hmm, mm -hmm. okay. There, there was no... I didn't feel there was any gravitas behind it. I didn't feel like there was any intention. It was like, oh, well, I guess this happened. Oh, well, I guess this is happening now. I think there are so many things that in any other movie, it would, that would be the thing. Either the moment that incites the whole adventure or the moment that ends it. And the, the whole thing, it comes, it comes full circle and like it showed in the very beginning of it, he even says it at the end of the movie that he's, he's eating dog. I'm going to finish eating this, eating this dog meat and go about my day. And it, it does. It ends with him just accepting what has gone on in this building and deciding, Oh, I guess this is my life now, mm -hmm. which again, it just makes me kind of, grab my head like, uh, what? Because there's a whole world outside this building. Like you, you're a doctor. Like you have to go and do a job and be part of society. And so because of that, the fact that I can't, I couldn't get my head away from that idea that they're living in this building, but this building is still in a world that is a society that I couldn't get away from that. And that's one of the things that really disappointed me about this was I thought it was a very interesting idea when I watched the trailer for it. The way they played it out, I didn't like it all. Mm -hmm. um, some of the music was really good. The way they did it, the way they transitioned from one thing to another, or the way they tried to build tension with the music, I thought was very good. It reminded me a little bit of 
other movies I've seen that I, I thought I was getting one thing, but I ended up getting something completely different. Like uh, when I went to ago, go see uh, Sweeney Todd and none of mm. the trailers said that it was a musical. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Years ago, when Saving Private Ryan came out, friends and I all go see Saving Private Ryan. Epic movie. Really enjoyed it. And then another movie came out not too terribly long after that, trying to cash in on the uh, uh, that style of movie that was coming out. It was called The Thin Red Line, another war epic kind of a movie. We walked out of that. We actually got up and walked out of the theater because we were tired of seeing shots of like looking up in a forest with really tall trees and just the cameras panning through the trees really slowly and nothing actually going on. And that's what I felt was happening in this movie a lot of the time. That there were shots and scenes, but nothing that I was watching made sense or was relevant to what I was trying to comprehend with the story. And again, like you talked about, that could have been part of the director's intention. To intentionally keep you confused or guessing maybe, as to what was actually supposed to be happening. I just didn't like the way it was done in this particular movie. Okay. I understand that. I agree with your points and your description of how these other scenes are added. I'm not even going to try to add to that, because that's pretty much exactly my thought. You could summarize this movie in like a 15-minute short. The, the things that actually go into the story of Lang. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is. It's a it's a story about him. He's narrating it at certain points, the beginning, the end. It's it's certainly about him. As we said, all the actors they really did a good job. They really conveyed the characters that they were trying to portray. Yeah, they all did a good job. So I d- I do have a few minor gripes. You've already told me your position on it, so I'll go into mine. But I did want to just point out, um. There's a scene where Charlotte is in Lang's apartment and says, oh, is that your sister? And he goes, probably. He doesn't look at what she's looking at. He's been there three months. Three months? Yes. I mean, at the end of that three months, he still hasn't unpacked anything. But he does have that picture hung up because he finds a tack and he tacks that picture up. So he's probably... He does it one night when he's drunk. Yeah. So she grabs the picture, rips it off, looks at it, and then throws it on the ground and continues the conversation. Thought that was weird. It was weird. Then there's the um, pool. Just another thing. I already mentioned the uh, the Helen and Lang thing. That was something that I was going to bring up at this point. It's just my last few, like, what the kind of moments. Um, but there are three points where you see the pool. At the very beginning, Charlotte dives in. At the end, closest to where Lang is standing. And it's okay. Then there's a scene... I think where the kids are playing, where the water appears to be about four feet deep from the way um, Wilder is moving. Okay. Then there's the scene much later in the movie where Lang is walking through the pool, and the pool is not even up to his waist. It just seems strange to me that the pool changed depths, depending on what was happening. Sometimes it's only knee deep, sometimes it's deep enough to dive in. In the same spot. Yeah. So to summarize my feelings, 
Because I got done watching it and I came to tell my girlfriend who started to watch it with me and then was like, is he eating a dog? I'm out. That was that was all it <laughs> took for her. Uh, but she was like, how was it? And I was kind of hemming and hawing about it, you know, trying to, you know, well, it was really, really well made, really well acted, really well shot, really pretty. The aesthetics were very interesting. Everything was purposeful. Clearly a ton of work went into this. It's very abstract. You know, it's art almost more than just entertainment. Like it is a thing and an experience kind of outside of just wanting to sit you down and tell you a fun story. Does that make sense? It does. I, I actually get that 100%. I'm actually glad you put it that way. Because if putting it in those terms makes me not think exactly what I thought when I watched it the first time. Because when I first sat down and watched this, I immediately went to my girlfriend and I said, this is hot garbage. Just did not like it. Um, but having watched it the second time, it's it was... Very artsy. It was trying to, I may not have liked how he went about it, but trying to convey a certain theme, a certain message. Um, it was not entertaining necessarily. Like I didn't, you know, it wasn't like watching when we watched Mask of Zorro or something. It wasn't just sit down and I'm, are, are you not entertained? No, I'm not entertained. It also took a lot of time to watch. I mean, partially because of just how, what happened, but there was also a lot of dialogue. Like I said, the dialogue was so strange and so unnatural, and sometimes it was so quiet. There was a scene where Helen says something, and I I swear I rewound it seven times. I rewind it, rewind it, rewind Couldn't understand what she said. Every time I just heard, and I finally had to turn on the subtitles. And still, I I read it, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. That's not a phrase. There was a lot of that in it. Like, this thing I just saw didn't make any sense. This thing I just heard didn't make any sense. Because the way they speak is so unlike anything I've heard in another movie. Or the way you'd expect somebody to be acting. Yeah, the, when you watch stuff like this, you sometimes will put yourself into, how would I act if I was in this situation? And how I would act? was completely unlike the way anybody in this entire movie acted. Yeah. So my f the final thing that I was saying when I was talking to my girlfriend about this, she was saying, like, well, was it good or was it not? And I the only way that I could think about it was it wasn't what I wanted. I said, you know, kind of, I went shopping. I wanted a car, but I got a truck. This might be a very well-made truck, but I did not set out looking for a truck. Does that make sense? It's functionally very different from the thing I expected it to be. Yes. I, After watching the preview, I felt it's either going to be very interesting story that I'm really going to enjoy, or it's going to be exactly what we got, which <laughs> wasn't something that I necessarily enjoyed. Yeah. As I said, a lot of aesthetic was good. It was well done in the fact of how it looked, what it tried to portray, the acting, all that. I I just can't say I enjoyed it because I didn't. I did not enjoy this movie. So I told you before that Beyond the Black Rainbow was an unreviewable movie. And this yes. one had me come away from it thinking it might be harder. So 
I guess my final thought is if you want a piece of art that is shocking and uncomfortable as an experience, watch this. But if you are looking to order a pizza and sit down with somebody and have a good time, stay away from this. <laughs> Don't even yeah. look at it. Don't watch the trailer because it's going to get your hopes up. It, yeah, just I would say avoid it unless you just really want to put yourself through something. Yeah, unlike Mosquito Coast, which there was a lot of things about that I liked that I, I would recommend people watching it. I can't recommend that people watch this unless you're looking for an artsy, very unique, thought-provoking kind of experience, but not in a great way. Sorry, guys. Sorry, director, who name I didn't even bother to look up. Not a fan of your movie, but that's okay. Keep making movies, guys. We'll keep watching movies. Hope you enjoyed our commentary on this one. Until next time, folks, I'm Joe. I'm Ryan. We're out.